you didn't edit out the spider. <laughs> I left it in. <laughs> it brought me great joy. Welcome back to the Album Files podcast. My name is Abby Mickey. <laughs> I'm joined by Matt Deneve. Hello. Good to be here. Excited for this one. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. And Ian Trelore. Hello. How's everyone going? Thumbs up. That's good. On, on an audio medium. <laughs> Just a <laughs> thumbs up down the camera. Nice. <laughs> we are here to chat about Post Malone's latest album, Austin. But before we dive into that... Um, I, neither of you responded to the message that I sent, but the, but Bleachers put out a new song yesterday. Yes. That's on my to listen to list. I haven't got to it yet. Is it good? I like it. And the music video is very fun. I feel that their last album, the album that they just released, I didn't love as much as the other couple that they have. Um, the last album, uh, take the sadness out of a Saturday night. I believe is what the album was called. Um, yeah, I didn't love I didn't love it as much as I liked uh, Gone Now and the one that's the um, Love Simon. Strange Desire. Playlist. Strange Desire. But I I still liked some of the songs on there, like the Bruce Springsteen song on there. I loved. Like I feel like it was really hit or miss that album. Um, and so I I like the song they released yesterday. Uh, which is Modern Girl. Modern Girl. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> Modern Girl, it's because it reminds me a bit of like their older stuff. Strange Desire, mostly, I feel like. And some of the stuff that I really liked off Take the Sadness Out of a Saturday Night. So they haven't announced the new album or what it's called or anything, but they but it says this is the first single off of B4. So Bleachers 4 is coming. We just don't know anything about it yet. But I, I really like it, um, this song. I've said before that I, I, I've said before that I really need to listen to more Bleachers, and this is just a reminder that I need to do that. Um, I feel like they're a band that has kind of been in the orbit of a lot of people, artists that we've talked about on this podcast, and we haven't featured one of their albums yet, but I think we probably should at some point, or at least we should discuss them in greater detail. But um yeah, I'm, I'm keen to dive into that one. I, I've wanted to pick one of their albums before, but then I was like, can I pick an album that I know Ian likes? Like, does that take a little bit of the fun out of it? Of course you can. There are albums that I want to pick, but I'm afraid that you guys won't like, and I, my fragile self can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> and there are albums that I want to pick, but I'm like, but I know that this is a favorite. Is it still fun to talk about? I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I got us to listen to that Godspeed album, which I knew that Ian enjoyed, and I think it was still worthwhile discussing. If anything, it, it gave us more to talk about because Ian had a lot of background on it and had in-depth feelings rather than just listening to it for the first time. So, yeah, I would I would go for it. Um, I've also been listening to a lot of the, the Nationals' new album, um, which I think is a lot of, like really similar to first two pages of Frankenstein, but there's also a lot in there that I think could have just been on folklore. Um, like there's a song with Phoebe Bridgers called laugh track, which is the name of the, the album is called laugh track, but the, the title song is featuring Phoebe Bridgers and the intro is like 
it sounds just like invisible string. But I like it as really mellow listening. Like I feel like I've had a weird week or two. So it's been, yeah. So the mellow listening was really nice. Is it as much of a, a bummer as the other one? Yeah. Like same, same kind of depressed, yeah. divorcing dad kind of vibes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Not, I would say it's not like, it's maybe two steps back from bummerness, but it's still like, it's not like a happy album. Well, I, I wouldn't expect such a thing from them, but... Uh, mm. I'm not about yeah. to throw it on at a dinner party. <laughs> like, <clears throat> a good way to get people to leave when you're ready for people to, to be gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt, what have you been listening to? Very little, to be perfectly honest. Um, the last week or so has been pretty hectic, and I've um, been using most of my free time to write music and to be preparing stuff for... Um, the upcoming album release that I mentioned last week that my brother and I are uh, doing in a couple of weeks from now um, and recording some other music as well that I'm trying to get out by the end of the year. So, yeah, I haven't, haven't listened to all that much, to be perfectly honest. Um, I've kind of spent a bit of time digging back into Post Malone's back catalogue in preparation for this, but that's kind of the closest I've got to music that isn't our feature album for today. So when I when I make in case people don't know, there's a Spotify playlist that goes along with each of these um, podcast episodes. When I make the Spotify playlist, should I throw your EP in there so people have like a little bit of background to listen to? Uh, sure, if your music comes out. If you're happy to do that, that'd be amazing. Um, Hell yeah! Now you know. You can check uh, check out the the album files on Spotify. We've got playlists, and my headphone died. Hold on, the other one's charged. <laughs> this is some very on-brand chaos tonight, I like. Ian sigh was just like... <laughs> I, there was no audio, but it was I could feel it. This is the <laughs> third device that has died on Abby's end in the 15 minutes that we've been speaking. Oh, okay, Ian, what have you been listening to? Uh, not all that much either. Um, to, to let the listeners behind the curtain... We have a shorter time frame between this episode and the the last one than we normally would um, because I'm having a self-indulgent little holiday next week. So uh, so we uh, re- re- <laughs> we're recording this uh, at a, a one-weekly interval rather than a two-weekly interval. So I've been really trying to cram on Post Malone. Um, but out of the, the Post Malone listening, I was getting reminded of uh, an album by Brand New, who are a kind of emo band, now extremely cancelled. Um, <laughs> but their album, Science Fiction, uh, which was their last album before before they, uh, before they broke up and then shortly after, the lead singer was cancelled. For very good reasons. For what? He, okay. Uh, like... I, I think like with most or a lot of emo bands from that kind of era, there's just some some bad sort of um, gender and sexual mm. politics between male bands and younger female fans. So I think that oh dear. he was sort of caught up in that kind of thing, which is very bad for, for a number of reasons, obviously, but... Um, especially for the the people that were impacted. But it's also bad for the album Science Fiction, which was an incredible, incredible album that was kind of their defining work that they... It was a band of 
four or five people and all of them worked really hard on this album for about six years and it was their final defining statement before they broke up and it was always going to be their last album and it's a really 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 good album um and then about a year later uh all these things came to light and kind of tarnishes the the musical legacy of the band so that's kind of um kind of a shame but anyway the the album science fiction reminds me in parts of the post malone album so i was listening to that and thinking that it was a good album and that sometimes bad people make good music and sometimes maybe good people do bad things and i don't know um yeah it's all all just complicated and other than that i've been listening to rashatash uh which is that's a uh, <laughs> i i didn't i'd never even heard of them <laughs> Until this year, yeah. Um, so when when we were staying in Clermont-Ferrand, my favourite French town of the Tour de France this year, we were in this sweet air... What? Don't raise your eyebrows at that. It's a, it's a sick place. <laughs> that place was awful. <laughs> no, I, I think that all of that is coloured by the fact that we were in this really cool Airbnb, which was in this old house that had been like converted into this awesome loft and the owners of the airbnb were obvious music nerds so they just had all of these cds lying around the place and kaylee uh had been into ratatat when he was like in high school or something so he put that on whilst we were working late one night and it it was just a, a good vibe so i was listening to that whilst trying to get into a good vibe whilst working this week wow i haven't listened to them since yeah since high school probably or college maybe yeah, I mean, they, I I only know their first album, um, mm. and I only associate their first album with a central French town that you hate, and I really liked. <laughs> okay, I didn't hate it, but I think maybe you guys went there like halfway through the tour, and that was our first stop. Right, we were we were there for four nights, which is unheard of on the Tour de France, so we had time to mm. um, find a cool pizza place and get over the Which fact was that the when we went ah okay well the the pizza place was was really good we had time to get over the fact that the cathedral is really scary and intimidating <laughs> so <laughs> so i made peace with clermont ferrand and radatat was mm. part of that journey so i've wow. listened to that this week quite a journey the i end. actually well i texted you guys that i um I, that guts is growing on me. I listen to guts a bit as well. That's another one I, I still haven't listened still to. Haven't. That yeah. that is on my to listen list. As is the new national album. As is the new Bleachers song. It's a long. The list Just, is ever growing. <laughs> failing, failing on so many metrics at once. I, I literally have a to listen to playlist on Spotify and I think there's like 500 songs on there or something. It's just one of those things that has become so unwieldy that I just kind of ignore it now. It's um, like my TBR. Yeah. I have an entire drawer under my bed that's just full of books that I want to read. And yet I just keep buying books and then adding them to the drawer under my bed that's full of books that I want to read. And then I'm like, oh man, what am I going to read? And I'm like... I might as well read Throne of Glass again. <laughs> anyway, 
Should we talk about Post Malone? <laughs> Let's do it. Well, Matt, you picked Post Malone Austin. You want to talk about it? I'd love to. Um, why did I pick this album? I picked it because I really like it and because I've been listening to it a lot lately and I'm a fan of his in general, um, both musically and I think he's just a fascinating, interesting person who happens to share a hobby that I quite enjoy in Magic the Gathering. Um which I can talk more about later on if, if we so desire. But um, this album is his fifth. It's called Austin, as you said, which is his real name. It was released in July of this year. Um, I feel like for the Post Malone's one of those artists who, even if you haven't actively listened to much of his stuff, you're probably familiar with a whole handful of tracks. Um, Sunflower, Circles, Rockstar, and wow, a, a bunch of the songs that have been radio staples over the years, and all four of those have more than one and a half billion streams on Spotify. Um, so, gen- yeah, one of the biggest um, entertainers in the world at the moment, and has been for a few years now. Um, he rose to prominence back in 2015 um, with his track White Iverson, which was really part of that whole SoundCloud rap kind of thing that was happening at the time. As part of his debut album, Stoney, the following year in 2016. I think why this latest album is so interesting to me is because it's so emblematic, I guess, of the journey that he's made as an artist in the time since then. So after that first album, which was very, very much straight up hip hop with some trap flavor and, you know, very Drake inspired kind of sounds. He's sort of transitioned since uh, in that time to much more of a pop sound and then kind of even beyond that a little bit with this album. Um... So his second album, uh, Beer Bongs and Bentleys, was you know had some poppier moments. There's even a folk guitar ballad, which is kind of a, you know, uh, foreshadowing a little bit what would come years later. Um, his third album, Hollywood's Bleeding, in 2019, had even poppier moments like Circles and Sunflower that I mentioned. You know, songs that do away with his hip hop background entirely and are just yeah straight up pop tunes. Um, Twelve Carat Toothache, his previous album, is basically a pop album. Um, and even kind of veers into dance pop at times with a duet with The Weeknd. Um, and then this latest album, Austin, released earlier this year, as I mentioned, is uh, to me a almost indie pop, I'd call it. Like pop slash, there's, yeah, folk moments. There's, yeah, I guess that's what I'd say. Rock as well. Um, there are amazing, beautiful acoustic ballads on here, like uh, Don't Understand and Green Thumb. There are pop bangers that are all over the radio everywhere you go at the moment um i think it's probably his most melodic album which again shows that progression that he's made since 2015 2016 and also shows an evolution in him as a person um you know his early work was very much of that genre you know there's a lot of talk about a life of excess and drugs alcohol women everything that's kind of like the bravado of hip-hop um uh, compared to where he is now, six, seven, eight years later, where the music he's writing is so much more, I think, introspective and honest and raw and far less concerned with putting on a persona and is more about stuff that's actually going on in his life in a, in a real and vulnerable way. And, you know, he's a, he's become a, a parent in the last couple of years. He's in a, a long-term relationship. And I, I think... He's really matured, as I said, as a person that's that's really reflected here. And, you know, there are times on this album, I think, where it gets 
quite uncomfortable almost with how raw he is at the very first track you know the the line the chorus i don't understand why you like me so much because i don't like myself to me just like is incredibly cutting i i really feel that um hold my breath he says please don't leave because you're holding on to something special to me um there's a lot of stuff about self-loathing and being willing to do whatever he needs to do just to keep people around something real has a line i would trade my life just to be at peace stuff like this which is to me kind of anathema to the whole life of excess bravado kind of look how great i am that that imbues his earlier stuff um and if i can just indulge myself a little bit longer that there's i had a mate in high school who was very much almost had two personalities on one hand he was very over the top and in social situations he had to be the center of attention and very overbearing and and could be a bit of a nuisance but then you got him one-on-one and he was incredibly different he was like very vulnerable quite shy quite introspective and just lovely to be around and i got those kind of vibes here where it was like I feel like over the last few years, Post Malone's kind of sh- shed a lot of his previous persona and is moving into this new introspective place. And I, I really appreciate that. And I, I like his earlier stuff too, for different reasons entirely, but I really like where he's landed. And I found this album really connected with me in a lot of ways. And largely because of that introspection and the honesty and the rawness of it. And the fact that he plays guitar on every track and it feels like he's done away with all the features with other artists and it's just him, you know, with his, his songwriter pals, you know, writing this stuff. So I really enjoyed it. I I could go on a lot longer about it and I'm sure I will, but, um, I really enjoy this album. And I think there's, there's a lot to like here and a lot to reward you for repeat listens as well. Ian, do you have any, do you have any experience with Post Malone before this? No, uh, I, I knew two songs, I think sunflower and circles, and those are big songs that were just kind of everywhere on pop radio, so you couldn't really avoid them. Um, I, I'm sure I've probably heard some others, but those are the two that that I know that I knew. So I didn't really know what to expect coming into this, and when you look up Post Malone, his, his Wikipedia page or his Spotify profile say that he's a hip-hop artist and that isn't what you get with this at all. So I was kind of, not that there's anything wrong with hip-hop, but I was kind of pleasantly surprised that this was a more melodic version of it. And I I think with with hip-hop, also the fact that he's a white guy, like white guy hip-hop is kind of a, a bit of an interesting phenomenon in itself. So I, I was excited that this was as melodic as it was and um i think you're right matt in that there's a lot of really strong melodic hooks throughout it and it does reward repeated listens um the more time i've spent with it the more i find and i i think that there's uh there are songs that have been stuck in my head for the last week where just a little a little nugget of it or something has wormed its way in and it's just been 
stuck there playing in my head and that that's really cool i i have enjoyed that as well i which songs out, out of curiosity which songs have been stuck in your head uh something real mm. um speedometer interesting yeah i i thought that that was really strong uh enough cutesy, is enough. isn't it yeah yeah i i i really enjoyed quite a lot of songs actually i'm I, I've got five here with asterisks next to them. Um, I thought it was also a smartly sort of sequenced album because it does sort of, uh, like it starts off with this really hushed introspective beginning, um, really contemplative. As you say, it's got those themes of self-loathing and then it comes in with this more sort of, uh, like big event listening kind of choral in the background, um, 80 synths. It, it has this, this nice kind of flow to it, the album, which, which I enjoyed. There were, I felt some fairly clear influences that sort of came up. There were some quite, uh, the cure ish guitar tones, and bass lines like Sign Me Up had a had a really cure kind of vibe, which is not a bad thing because I, I really like the cure. Um, also Buyer Beware felt kind of like the cure to me. And yeah, I, I, I think that I'm I, I feel like I'm not formulating my thoughts very clearly here, but uh the kind of strengths to it were the the melodies, I, I think. I was interested to hear you say that you felt that he'd become more introspective and he'd stepped away from some of those kind of trappings of fame, as you said. <clears throat> Not entirely. But I still but yeah. felt, yeah, <laughs> I still felt that there was quite a lot of that through the album. Um, yeah. And, and it was kind of interesting because... Normally when you get those kind of trappings of fame kind of moments from, from hip hop artists, they're presenting it as if this is an amazing lifestyle. And I don't think it sounds fun. And I don't think Post Malone makes it sound fun either, which is, um, which is maybe, maybe that's the introspection that you're talking about because it it does (laughs) sound kind of like a bummer, um, that, that lifestyle. Yeah, I, I think part of my perspective is coloured by having having listened to his interview with Zane Lowe recently, where he talks about how a lot of these songs are set prior to now. They're set in like a previous life or they're recollections of right. past moments that help influence how he's feeling now. So, um, you know, on Enough is Enough, he, he talks about being drunk in Vegas and <clears throat> sitting on a sidewalk and having a conversation with someone that isn't there. Um, and there's a lot of alcohol related stuff in here and it's a lot of it is scenes from the past or inspired by scenes from the past where he's talking about, you know, his, his problems with alcohol and and where it's kind of led him to and trying to, I guess, shed that past a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's definitely still there and, and there's definitely still hip hop influences in his delivery in certain moments and, um, yeah, definitely hasn't got rid of it entirely, but I think, um, yeah, maybe my perspective is coloured by 
supplemental listening, I guess, supplementary listening. I think that the the hip hop, the areas with hip hop influence are less successful for me, at least. Like okay. I, I really enjoyed the stuff where it's more um, indie rock or like pop kind of aligned and, and songs where it like Texas T for instance, it, it has this fairly abrupt sort of tonal shift. And I think that that's less successful and, and kind of stands out a little bit on the album, but that's, that's without knowing any of the the back catalog. Yeah. I think that song stands out to me as well, but in a good way, I like that. It's a nice throwback and it's, uh, it is unusual in the context of this album, that particular song, but it throws back nicely to his previous stuff. And right, I, I think it, it, it's quite nice, quite very simple. In fact, a lot of the album is quite <clears throat> simple in its construction, really, um, but also quite effective. It's also um, like the songs are short. That's the other thing that I noticed. Like it, yeah. none of them really stick around for too long. Um, the the biggest single off it, Chemical. I think I assume that's the biggest single. I might be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. the single. Uh, that's really concise. It it has a a really nice melody, but it finishes kind of abruptly. It's three minutes, almost exactly on the nose. Pretty much everything is is a three minute, give or take thirty seconds either way, um, which means that for a 17 song album it's it's just under 52 minutes like it's briskly paced uh but it kind of almost feels longer than it is like it it felt felt overstuffed to me a little yeah yeah and i think part of that is the the sequencing as well because enough is enough which comes in at track 12 has a kind of nice sort of sense of closure to it i would say and then texas t comes in which is such an abrupt tonal shift that it it kind of feels like it comes to a i when i first listened to it i felt the album had finished and it had just gone to some other like spotify had just sent me off into into some other album um and then there's another five songs after that so Mm. I I do think it's smartly sequenced for the most part, but but there are some points where I uh, got a little bit lost. Yeah, I probably would have cut a few tracks out, to be honest, uh, if it was me. I could lose uh, Too Cool to Die. I could lose Speedometer, actually, and I could also lose... Um, there was one other that just didn't really do it for me. Um, Nova Candy, I think is kind of not as good as the rest. But... Yeah, as you say, 17 songs in 50 minutes is pretty uh, pretty efficient going. Abby, I really want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what Ian said, but I think with like a little bit more of um, like a negative uh, vibe, I I felt like I what I know of Post Malone is like hip hop, and so listening to the opening track, I was super confused. Um, because it's so far from what I had imagined that I was about to be listening to. But I feel like it does, as far as opening tracks go, it does a good job of setting the scene for the rest of the album in that it's vulnerable and raw. And 
from there I felt I felt like this album was really scattered and I found myself getting distracted trying to listen to it because there was so much going on and I felt like he really wanted to sit with that vulnerability and and be more of like a guitar player singer songwriter but that he was also not ready to let let the hip-hop go and I feel like if he'd um like leaned more into the indie rock kind of vibe that he was maybe hoping to achieve that it would have been a better album for me and if he'd just done away with like any kind of reference to hip-hop there was some songs that I truly hated um like hold my breath I just feel like it's so bad really um <laughs> why yeah I, Tell me more. I don't know I, I I feel like he his voice in that song is so whiny and auto-tuned that I can't like listen to it um and I feel like had the album been shorter or some of the songs been longer it would have been more effective but it but by the time I got to like enough is enough which I really enjoy that song but by the time I got that far into it I just wanted it to be done and I think a lot of that was just how much the sound bounced around and I think sometimes it works like sometimes it's good. I think the move from don't understand into something real is is really a fascinating shift and I enjoyed it. But I think that that's maybe one of the few times on the album that it really works for me. Um, the parts that are like really poppy, I feel like were some of the worst parts of the album. Like in Sign Me Up, he sings, I knew the party was over when she tried to take my alcohol, but it's like, wow, 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 over. And it just was like, fuck, please don't do that. Um, <laughs> but there were parts of it that you, I could almost forget how like dark the source material was because it was, because the songs were like so distracting i don't know i feel like i wanted to like it and there were parts of it that i really enjoyed but overall i thought that, that there was too much he was trying to do too much he was trying to hold on to the success that he's had in the past while also creating a new sound for himself and in doing so he's like straddling this awkward type rope that i think he could have just sent it and just done something completely different and it i would have enjoyed it a lot more yeah that's really interesting uh yeah, interesting perspective for sure. I think the it reminds me of uh, the last track, um, which let me just check the name. Laugh it off. So the the last track of the previous album was a really stripped back acoustic kind of thing, which then flowed into this album in a way with this, the first track. The way that Laugh It Off ends is with like this heavy rock outro, which is sort of out of place on the rest of the album, but makes me wonder whether the next thing he does is going to be something quite a bit heavier because we know that he is big into rock music. And I've spoken before on this podcast about the Nirvana um, cover set that he did as COVID relief uh, charity. It's really thing, good. Which is yeah, really good. I went... So I went back and watched it. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So the dude can rock. And I wonder where I'm going to with this is I wonder if we're going to see something like that in future where he is much more focused and just picks a genre and really sends it, as you say, because 
he's always he's sort of pushed back against this notion of of him being a, a one genre artist his entire career even early on where he would dabble in stuff outside of hip-hop people would get upset about it and say well you're a hip-hop artist what are you doing and he's like well no i'm a musician and i have all these influences and i want to do this and this is what i feel like doing so that's what i'm going to do and so you see that play out here there's a lot of influences coming to the fore and that didn't work for you abby i quite enjoy it but i can see definitely where um why that wouldn't be ideal but i part of me hopes that the next album he does is just like a straight up yeah rock album and he just almost leaves the rest of it behind and just just gives it everything because i think that'd be really sweet i think that if you'd listened to his previous work and you knew that you knew what he was kind of capable of as a musician that it would hit differently like i appreciate that you that you were a fan of his before and so for you it's a completely different listening experience and i think like had i listened to more post malone other than his like radio top hits at than before listening to this and if i had any kind of context for this album i think that i would appreciate it a lot more um so yeah i totally like see where you're coming from there and i think it's just yeah one of those instances where like people love an artist and they will back anything that they do and like obviously taylor's been super successful in like she has such an insane fan base that she could probably go into hip hop and they'd be like, yeah, we love you. You're great. <laughs> um, but I don't know if Post Malone has achieved that, uh, that notoriety yet to like jump. But I, but I do think like from the Nirvana cover, he has it in him to do like a proper rock album. Like I think he is definitely capable of that. And I would love to see that in the future for sure. I think he'll do something along those lines in future. And I think he'll dabble more in country stuff as well. Cause he's kind of played in that space a little well, bit. He lives in Utah. Yeah. So the, yeah, the, the dude's got a lot of influences and a lot of, uh, uh, interests, I guess, musically. So yeah, I think it's exciting. I, I'm always a fan of, artists trying new things even if it doesn't exactly hit right for me i i always applaud the effort because i think it's yeah i think personal growth and discovery is really interesting and sometimes it turns up really cool stuff and but i also get that that's not right for everybody do you do you have a gauge for how this album has been received by the sort of fan base matt um not really to be perfectly honest i i think just based on a quick look around critics have been lukewarm on it like they think it's mm-hmm. good but not Borderline super harsh. amazing yeah yeah um we should talk about but his it's voice kind of I think that's... Per- yes yes I, I do want to talk about his voice but just we, we finishing that thought like, yeah it's it's kind of positioned as his like sad album is that accurate to say yeah i mean his previous one was also um pretty dark like the this and yeah these last two his sort of been a bit more introspective and looking more at problems with alcohol and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'd say that's right. fair. There's um, one of my favorite random pieces of merch that I've ever seen in someone's store is a $15 box of tissues <laughs> <laughs> that are, <laughs> that are Austin, Austin branded tissues in his, in his Spotify merch store. That's awesome. 90, 90 tissues for $15. 
Ed Sheeran should have done that for subtract. Tom's and I watched the subtract four four part documentary series on Disney Plus. Tears were shed. So I assume it was you that cried and not Tom's. That that's presumptuous of me. It was both of us. But it's the third time I've seen it. And he was just chopping some onions. Yeah. Just, there's dust, you know. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, can we talk about his voice? Yeah, let's talk about his voice. So Yeah. So I I find his voice fascinating. I really quite like it. I think he's I think we'd all agree that he's not like uh his voice isn't a traditionally beautiful voice or classical voice or anything like that. Um and I can understand why the the auto tuning gets a bit grating and I can understand he's got a very strange vibrato, very rapid mm. vibrato, which a lot of artists don't have, and I can understand why that wouldn't appeal to people as well. Um to me, his voice is incredibly expressive. He does a really good job of conveying emotion through it. Um, and you see that a bunch of times here, particularly on the the quieter tracks like the opener and um, Green Thumb and a few others. And the one you hated, Abby, um, Hold My Breath. I think he's I liked whiny, that. yes, but also, yeah, I, I really like that song. Um, so, I, it's interesting to me, like I said before that I quite engage with him as a person i i I think he's actually quite a humble and down-to-earth person and and quite shy and quite um uh yeah quite shy his tiny desk concert there's a he talks at the start about how his his voice quote sounds like absolute balls end quote i think he'd just come off a tour or whatever and was was feeling quite self-conscious about it but um uh, it's interesting to me that he he kind of doesn't rate his own voice as well, um, which th- that juxtaposition with the whole kind of hip hop bravado thing that I've talked about is is interesting to me. But anyway, yeah, his voice is definitely fascinating, and I, I quite like it. But I can understand why it would be grating for people for sure. I agree with all of that. I I think that that vibrato is like there are a number of like weird quirks to his voice, but that's the strangest to me. Like it's it's mm. almost like a a sheep kind of bleating. It's like a meh kind of yeah. <laughs> sound. And and I think that that's really fascinating, but I it also is a bit of a bit annoying. Um at other times he's kind of hoarse and croaky uh and when he's really going for like a, a high note or something it just kind of blows out. Mm-hmm. But I think that the the voice as a whole is simultaneously uh, beautiful with an ugly edge to it, which probably matches the the vibe of the music pretty well. Um, totally. And is also very characterful and has a lot of personality to it. So I, I think that um, I would rather a voice that is expressive than something that is like classically trained and immaculate. Yeah. Especially when it's it's conveying this kind of stuff. A hundred percent. Like, I feel like there were times when I was, I don't know, irked by, like, his voice in particular, hold my breath. Like, I think, yeah. But I do, I would, I agree with Ian. I would rather that it's expressive than, like, what you would imagine would be. I could do without the bleat, just to be clear. Like, that, that is the only, the only bit that I didn't didn't uh that i found actively annoying but you know someone someone just like 
trying to hit a note and not quite nailing it. That's all good. Mm. We've all been there. <laughs> God. Regularly. Yes, we have. <laughs> on a daily basis almost. There's a um, a live performance video on YouTube, on his YouTube channel where he performs three of the songs, um, uh, Overdrive, Something Real, and Green Thumb. Really good. Worth a, worth a watch. Uh, in the Something Real, he's standing on the roof of his house singing it. And there's a couple of really good moments of him just like absolutely going for it and not quite getting it, but it's just so expressive that it, it's wonderful. Um, but there's also a moment where he just drops the mic and it's kind of like you just kind of hear him singing way off in the background because the mic's sort of elsewhere and yeah, it's quite quite funny, but um, worth a watch. Do you want to talk favourites? Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk favourite tracks? Track? Yeah. I can start if you like. I, I have a quick thing on this. Um you mentioned asterisks before, Ian. I I think all three of us do this, but when we're listening, you go through your notes and put an asterisk next to the particularly strong ones. Um, there's 17 songs in this album. I had an asterisk next to 14 of the 17. Uh, and, wow. Um, yeah, I, I just found this whole thing really strong. And of those 14, I gave three of them two asterisks, which I don't normally tend to do. Um, those being Don't Understand, the opener, into something real the second track i think those two are just a killer start and then laugh it off i love the way that final track um comes back to the vibe of the opener but then evolves throughout the song until you get this really heavy ending which i absolutely adored so they were my three favorite tracks but i liked i liked everything else the only ones that i could have done without were the ones i mentioned earlier nova candy too cool to die and um, the other one that I've forgotten, Speedometer, which is fine. They're all fine. Speedometer just feels a little bit trite to me or something. That's one of the ones that I've got asterisks next to. I just cool. think it's it's such a bop. It's, it's just a it's fun, fun song. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I really like Something Real. Um, I don't mind Morning, but I love the bridge I think it's a great bridge but um, the song as a whole is fine rather than great Sign Me Up uh, I like that Socialite Speedometer uh, Enough is Enough and Laugh It Off it's quite a few yeah it's uh, I mean I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would and had all of these little earworms stuck in my head and enjoyed it more each time I listened to it and will probably keep listening to it. So I hmm. I think that um, for something that I didn't think would be in my wheelhouse at all, it's it's been a successful <laughs> flirtation with Post Malone. What stood out to you, Abby? Um, I, I liked something real. Um, I feel like Chemical was quite catchy. Um Morning, I I didn't love, but has been stuck in my head for the last week. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think I think that might be and enough is enough. I like um, so not a ton of them, but but like I yeah, there are definitely ones that I I really enjoyed. I feel like Chemical. It's a good thing that one was a single because it. Yeah, it's just a straight up pop banger isn't it really like it's mm -hmm. simple in structure effective necessarily fits with the album as a whole but 
is still, yeah, still a good song. Yeah, that's fair. Um, he needs a B-side. He needs, like, an A-side and a B-side. He could have, like, thrown all of the, like, poppy-type stuff on a B-side. And <laughs> um, Ian, if you were surprised by how much you enjoyed this relative to what you're expecting, it could be worth checking out his previous one, 12 Carat Toothache. I I think that part of it is is probably also like a a snobbery because I have seen pictures of Post Malone, but I haven't listened to much Post Malone. And I think that Mm. um, this does not sound like the album of somebody that has extensive facial tats. I think he might have had some removed, I think. Yeah, Okay. I think so. It it is a a very good example of judging books by their covers etc and i think even more so when you listen to him speak um and listen to interviews with him the way he talks to other people and he just comes across as a very respectful very polite very kind of well grounded person which is maybe surprising to me uh particularly when you look at the way he presents and certainly the way he presented himself early on in his career. Yeah, I, I should not have should not have that kind of snobbery. <laughs> I don't know if it's snobbery. Just... I, I think that... Yeah, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't match what the music sounds like. And if without you want a having, real trip. having the background of the hip-hop stuff, then... Yeah. yeah. If you want a real trip, go back and listen to his debut album... Uh, Stony from 2016, totally different to this. Totally different. Um, quite good, quite a good album, but so different and remarkable to see the journey he's been on since. Do you want to read it? I don't. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start then. I'll give it an eight, eight and a half. I really liked it. High not score. a perfect album. Yeah, not perfect. I think those three tracks I mentioned I could do without. I think they'd be strong. The album would be stronger without those three. I found the some of the mixing on the kick drums in particular really annoying. They're kind of overdriven the kick drum in a lot of songs so that it's clipped quite a lot and quite distorted, which I found annoying and sort of unnecessary with how spare some of the productions were. So didn't love that, but overall... Uh, I enjoyed so many of the songs on here and there are so many really strong moments um, that I had a really good time with it and uh, I can't wait to listen to it again and it makes me really excited for whatever he comes up with next. I'm looking forward to listening to it again. I, uh, Yeah, I, I feel like the amount that it is making me want or the... The way that it is unfolding, the more that I listen to it and the fact that I keep getting different passages stuck in my head is promising. So I will give it a 6.75. Wow, we're going to two decimal places now, are we? Well, I was going to give it 6.5, but that felt harsh and 7 felt too high because there there were (laughs) several songs that I didn't like and there are quirks to Mm. his voice. That I also didn't like. <laughs> Minus two points for too fast vibrato. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 5.5. Okay. It's better than I was expecting. Yeah. But, but with the caveat that I am excited to listen to whatever he comes out with next, because I think 
that this will maybe inspire him to lean lean farther into the into the rock and i think he would be great at that just from the the covers that he's done the if you had cover. if you had to rate the nirvana cover gig out of 10 what would you give that probably an eight out of ten okay i think it was just great it was very good yeah. travis barker on drums too right Mm-hmm. he can yeah he's just it's like everything he touches is just great um although he's married to a kardashian I don't like that. But like, you know, I love the Machine Gun Kelly album that they did together. Thought about recommending that as an album, but I don't, after the reception of um, Maddie Healy, I can't take another, I can't take another character questioning episode. Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly is definitely not, that guy's real questionable, so. <laughs> Should I pick an album? I'm just looking oh, at Oh, it's your list. choice, isn't it? You felt wow. Yeah. Okay. You haven't chosen I, yet. No, I I keep. You just going have a long and list forth. and just go on gut. Yeah. <laughs> this is madness. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I would have chosen had we been on the right timeline, but I then I had to like really I was listening to this album and also like trying to think of what to pick. Um, Tom's, you want to look at this list and tell me what you think. Oh, no. special guest on the podcast. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Has he just been sitting here listening to this the whole time? Hi, Toms. Can I ask your guys' opinion? For my pick? That's never... We've never that's said risky. that's against the Hang on, the so rules. we're, we're like, pre-vetting it. <laughs> <laughs> Live no, on no, the podcast. No, 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 no. Yeah, basically, what I'm trying to decide mm. is, do I go with an album that is super fun do i go with an album that i just love or do i go for an album that fits the vibe of the season although it's not fall in australia so that might not not at all (laughs) this is such a such a northern hemisphere centric perspective (laughs) oh it's about to start snowing (laughs) or do i just like freaking make you guys talk about ed sheeran I think that you should go for an album that you love. Yeah. I, I well, think I think that's you should a, choose a good starting point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Choose whatever you want, obviously. Yeah. But, hmm. but I think actually liking an album that you're going to spend two weeks listening to and then talking about is probably a good starting point. I'm going to go with my gut. Oh, no, I, my gut doesn't know what it wants. <laughs> The album Songs for Autumn Lunch (laughs) There is actually an album Called Autumn Coming out next week Ah. The one and only Ed Sheeran Technically it's Autumn Variations But it is Autumn Uh, We won't get that until Six months from now (laughs) No, What Autumn or Ed Sheeran's album (laughs) Takes a while to get to Australia (laughs) Um Okay. Oh, I think you need to decide, Abby. I think this this is the uh, the joy and the the difficulty of it. I hate this. How many uh, how many albums have you got on your list there? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. Okay. Do you want me to just choose one at random? Yeah, just pick a number. Okay, random number between one and twelve. Google says eight. Okay. Well, this is the one that I kind of was leaning towards anyway. So um, <laughs> that actually it seems like fate. It is a very, very short album. 
So, um, yeah, just a heads up that it's really short. I choose One Foot in Front of the Other by Griff. How do you spell Griff? G-R-I-F-F. Okay. Man, it feels, it's so satisfying to strike one out. Um, yeah, that's my, it's, I think only seven songs, like 30 ish minutes, maybe. So it's a quick listen. So can't wait to hear what you guys think. I've, I've never heard of Griff. So I'm coming into this completely blind. Well, that was sufficiently stressful. Um, I hate picking albums. I, I make fun of Ian for his, his, uh, album picking tendencies but i feel as much anxiety as i think he feels so it's it's really not can i recommend a strategy you, um, of um only having one on your list and not being able to think of many that makes it a lot easier <laughs> but i want you guys to listen to all of these albums that i have on this list yeah we'll just have to make sure we do another what's that 11 33 episodes of the <laughs> 36 <podcast>. weeks <laughs> like years it's years from now more albums are going to come out at someday i'm just going to say ed sheeran and that is going to be you guys just have to listen to ed sheeran was that your was that the other one that was the opposite side of the coin to griff no i i had i do have ed sheeran on here and i have ed sheeran subtract um but i don't think i want to talk that over with you guys because i really love it and it has like a special place in my heart in terms of like it was the first thing that I got to go do with after having a baby that made me feel like myself again so it's like really yeah um and I'm afraid of the reception for you from you two so I don't think I want to I'm afraid don't, I'm afraid don't you let won't the like it. don't let the two mean boys in Melbourne tear down something you love um yeah but at some point i do want to talk about ed sharon but i i just have to decide which album i want to throw at you guys yeah i think asking <laughs> the, us to listen the sacrificial to sacrificial lamb <laughs> i think asking us to listen to eight albums in two weeks is probably not the way to go um just pick one yeah i i just i decided that i'm just going to pick one out al- i'm not going to say ed sharon i'm going to pick one album and then we're going to stick to that and if you like it nice. you can go dive into more and if not then you don't have to Look but I have to, to decide which album I like enough to talk to you guys about, but am not attached to so that when you tell me you don't like it, I'm not brokenhearted. I didn't realize how um, how heavily this stuff affected you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm a sad so girl. I, I, feel, I feel bad now. But then also... No, you shouldn't. Yeah. Also, I'm still I'm, a bit I'm just wounded by the, the diorama experience, so... I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> it's all right, Matt. I was, I'm, I'm I was actually, on your side then. <laughs> I'm actually not. It's just good uh, good banter material, I think. Just great so, jokes. Just great jokes. Just quality comedy. Well, you can tell jokes, but I'm not allowed to anymore. Um, after today. <laughs> all right. Thanks, you, about, you, about that. Thanks, you guys, for podcasting with me. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about Griff's One Foot in Front of the Other.